Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. Thanks so much for joining me. Today I welcome Alex McLaughlin to the podcast. Alex is a Canadian acrylic and watercolour artist and a mum of two boys from Midland, Ontario. Raised in Honey Harbour on Georgian Bay, Alex was fortunate enough to have a childhood full of love and opportunity. Her summers can be best described by exploration, swimming, boating and working for the family business. Having the opportunity to be on the water nearly every day since she was born has never been something she's taken for granted. After working as a paramedic on the streets of Toronto for many years, Alex felt the pull to return to her childhood home and now lives there with her husband and two boys. She focuses solely on her art, working out of her home studio, which allows her to maximise precious painting time and be the present mother she's always wanted to be. Put simply, Alex feels like she's now doing what she was always meant to be doing. Ever since Alex was little, her grandmother encouraged her to practise and appreciate the arts as a way to document her life. Alex is a predominantly self-taught artist, but after taking a watercolour course by local Canadian artist John Hartman, everything seemed to make sense for her and allowed her to explore her local area with a new set of eyes. Recently, Alex created her first ever painting series that is very close to her heart, entitled Georgian Bay Reflections. Using vibrant colour and layered brush strokes, Alex feels her way through each piece until its depth and composition are reminiscent of the special place that was, is and always will be her home. Through the power of her expressionist art form, Alex's hope for us is to be reminded of how the simple and natural things in life are the most beautiful in a world that seems to be evolving faster than ever before. Most of all, her wish is to have a stop and experience, even for just a moment, the beauty of life translated through art. This episode contains discussion around anxiety, OCD and depression. Thanks so much for coming on today, Alex. It's such a pleasure to meet you all the way from Canada today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. So tell us whereabouts you are in Canada. Um, So I live in Midland, Ontario, on Georgian Bay. It's a a massive bay off of Lake Huron, one of the Great Lakes. And we're about an hour and a a half north of Toronto. Mm -hmm. Uh, People call it cottage country. Cottage country. What's the meaning behind that? Um, most people from the city that own, um, cottages will head north pretty much every weekend. Um, I know that 
people call it something different in many parts of the world. Uh, but yeah, it's called a cottage here. Yep. And uh, most of them in my area are not tiny little cabins. A lot of them are are very extravagant. So um, they're not exactly cottages. They're like made. Yeah, quite a bit of money has moved up here in the past like 20 years. So um, and then we're pretty close to Muskoka right next to us as well, um, which is can be kind of fancy, uh, like major wakeboarding culture. And oh, um, right. yeah, it's a pretty amazing place to have grown up and uh, to live now. I, I left her about 12 years with school in my previous career and then moved back up here five years ago. Mm -hmm. So we're nice and settled in again. Um, Lovely. So, yeah, yeah. So what's the weather like there now? I have this real obsession with finding out temperatures and weather yeah. around the world, people I chat to. We're, we're pretty extreme, yeah. <laughs> which I like. Um, it's, it's warming up a little bit now. Like today was gray and cloudy and, and it was still cold. It was, I think, minus seven or minus six Celsius. Yeah. Um, you guys are in, yeah, you're Celsius. Yeah, too, right? Celsius, yep. Uh, so today was like warm compared to what it's been. It's been minus 20 to minus 30 recently. Uh, yeah, we were ice fishing this morning up oh. at my parents' place and there was 20 inches of ice. Oh, wow. We That's don't, insane. Yeah, <laughs> we don't usually get that much ice. It's, it's a good winter for ice and uh, like people snowmobile all over the lake yep. and the ice is good. So uh, yeah, we have very extreme um, weather. We have like the lake effect. So we get tons and tons of snow. You have to, some people don't have one, but it's very helpful to have a snowblower here. Yeah. <laughs> um, like your full-time job would be shoveling uh, throughout the winter if you didn't have a snowblower. So wow. yeah, it's oh. very extreme in the winter. And then we have pretty awesome, warm, um, humid summers. So Oh, wow. Yeah, the best of both worlds. So what's your sort of average temp in summer? Um, summer, like we, we truly do have spring. We have all, all the seasons. So the spring can seem very, very long when we're anxious for the summer to come. Yeah. Uh, but pretty reliably June, like through September now, um, anywhere from like 18 degrees to it can be extreme heat warnings of you know 40 degrees sometimes wow so for about two months we get between um I guess 25 and like 32 something like that so that is yeah, amazing it is it is really <laughs> cool um, that, that is truly amazing that you can have like zero, like minus 30 up to yeah. like 40 that is incredible yeah, and we don't always have like a cold winter like this. I prefer it because then you can do stuff on the ice and you can go skiing and snowboarding and all of that stuff. Like we are only 20 minutes from a hill, mm -hmm. um, not a big hill. It's not, I wouldn't call it a mountain, <laughs> but, but we have a few options here. And, uh, and then we have an ice rink in our backyard as well. We started that last year because of the pandemic and not being able to really go out right so yeah yeah no oh, I, wow. I absolutely love it uh the the winters can be tough for sure and most people will fly south during the winter for at least one trip but, yeah 
I don't know. We're making the best of all the winter activities now. So yeah, that sounds amazing. I I I didn't realize places like that existed where you could have like a normal summer basically, and then have yeah. massive massive winter. Yeah, awesome. it's really for a lot of people. It's all about the summer here because the summers are really incredible. Um, I've actually traveled in Australia and oh, I'm right. quite a few places. And um, the one thing I really missed while traveling was having my own boat because um, yeah. I don't live on an ocean and I'm so used to being able to boat. Like uh, there's actually 30,000 islands in my area. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. It's the largest freshwater archi archipelago. I think I said that right. Archipelago. Yeah. Sorry. Um, which means just like the largest cluster of islands in on freshwater in the world. It's wow. pretty, yeah. So um, very interesting boating culture here. Yeah, right. Actually, that reminds me. Is it like um, this is like a real left of field? But the Ozarks TV show um, where they take boats everywhere is that kind of like that? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would call the Ozarks a little bit more like Muskoka because there's a whole bunch of, they call them Muskoka lakes. So right. they're separate lakes um, where it's a lot more sheltered. Georgian Bay um, has um, much more open water in certain areas. So you can have all those um, like nooks where it's protected. If you stay in um, like Honey Harbor is where I grew up. It's just a, a small drive from here. Um, but then you can go out to open water where you can't see anything and you feel like you're on the ocean. Yeah. So, yeah, we actually traveled to an island, uh, an, a lighthouse on an island called the Western Islands. Yeah. And it takes about two to two and a half hours of driving fast, like straight in one direction, not being able to see anything. What? And then the island emerges out of nowhere. <laughs> so you do stuff like that with friends and yeah. just as like for safety but um <laughs> pretty wild it's oh, adventurous that sounds like an incredible place to live that's just it wow yeah, yeah I'm yeah. really happy to be back and um, to have my kids here that's lovely I was reading on your website, you talked about Honey Harbour, how you are so deeply connected to that Georgian Bay area. And I love that your quote or the way that you describe things, it's life translated through art. And mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. I'm primarily a self-taught painter. Um, I have been mostly doing acrylic paintings and, and, and mostly large scale. I really like to paint large. Um, starting to mix in some smaller stuff because painting large all the time is difficult uh, with time management. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's mostly what I've focused on and I've, and I've recently been mixing in uh, using watercolors as well as more of like a daily paint. Um, I was always super creative uh, as a kid. Like I really took every project to the creative extreme in high school stuff like that yeah. um but I didn't really 
sorry, and I was also very involved in the arts, um, just not fine arts. So I was a competitive dancer for many years and I played classical guitar until the end of high school. Mm -hmm. It's like I was always very involved in something that was really creative, but didn't really stumble upon painting until university, actually. Yeah. Um, I had taken one elective course throughout my psychology degree yeah. and uh, got to do art and we did two weeks of painting. So I just learned the basics and I honestly didn't really, I wasn't very proud of any, any of the projects that we had in that class, but then beyond that year of taking that class, um, it stuck with me and I did a lot of paintings like for gifts for family and uh, I did a few commission jobs and throughout the years I kept coming back to it so mm -hmm. um, and then I didn't get really serious about it until uh, 2018 when I moved back here to yeah. Midland. Um, I was living closer to the city uh, to Toronto mm -hmm. with my husband um, because I was actually a paramedic in Toronto for eight years before diving into the art full-time. So. You said that the painting you first like you discovered that at uni was there anyone else like in your family like growing up was painting ever exposed to you earlier than that um so not necessarily painting mm -hmm. but uh i was going to mention my grandmother or i called her omi yeah. um because she she was german she's passed now but so my mother's mother um took care of us a lot she helped out a lot with babysitting um a, a lot of my memories are with her and she was super interested in art she painted herself as well um but mainly she was a photographer yeah she, right yeah she didn't consider herself professional by any means yeah. she uh, struggled financially a lot of the time but um yeah she was the one that really encouraged me would sit me down with all the materials for drawing um, I remember her teaching me um, sort of like a, just the way to draw certain things like a barn. Um, and she had a way to instruct me how to do that. <laughs> and then I also remember doing a lot of like still life, um, like vases with flowers in them and stuff with very special markers that she would get me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somehow I never really got into pa painting mm -hmm. uh, with like professional paints. It's funny that I, I don't remember touching that until university. But yeah, right. so, yeah, she was the early influence. My parents were always super supportive, but they, um, um, and my mom is very creative herself with like interior design and my dad is a builder. And so, yeah, yeah. like it's in the family, but uh, yeah. she, was, she was my push for sure. And like, she is one of the reasons I do it today and I sort of had the confidence to go for it and I know even though she's not here physically mm -hmm. um yeah I know I hope that she knows what I'm doing and yeah I know that she'll be proud so yeah. yeah that's really special oh that's lovely growing up so 
I love that. So she didn't, she wasn't alive to see you change careers and come back to. Oh yeah. She met my first son um, who he's seven now. Um, But she found out she was sick, like within that first year that he was born. So yeah, it's really kind of tragic, but, Mm -hmm. but she clearly lives on through a lot of us. Um, My aunt, who's uh, like her other daughter um, is also an artist and like has been pursuing it more seriously as well. So yeah. yeah. Oh, that's lovely. It's like the legacy that's carried on through the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love through the quote that you've got on your website where you said, I'm finally doing what I was meant to do. It's like, yeah, you had to go through all this other stuff and maybe discover what you didn't want to do before you went, actually, I want to do this. Was that, yeah. was that an easy decision or hard in some ways to just give up? I want to say a nine to five, like solid job yeah. um, to live well, the life I of an artist. I had worked really hard to be a paramedic. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, that was the the part that was really hard for me was um, I've always been very introspective and trying to balance what was going to make me the happiest. I was I was so lucky to have like an upbringing with all these opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to figure out a path that would make me super happy, but also seemed like a smart, logical path, um, which led me to do this like psychology degree and I was considering business and all these other things um but I guess deep down inside like I was always very creative and then and I loved my career as a paramedic mm-hmm. super competitive to get into school to get hired right out of school um, and then it takes about five years of doing that job to start to feel settled and comfortable and not just freaked out in a few of the situations right yeah so sure. yeah it takes a long time to build that confidence um and then when we started having a family uh it's like I knew we were going to have to make some tough decisions um financially you know mortgage was going to become difficult my husband is also a paramedic in Toronto and he's, he's still doing it there um and I just couldn't imagine doing the double shift worker family with children you basically have to hire a live-in nanny to make it work yeah Um, and then I'd just be working to pay for somebody else to take care of my children and yeah so I was starting to feel like a little bit um I was frustrated for sure like knowing that these big changes were coming Mm. um but it's funny because now I'm happier than ever. And I, I really do think that just um, trusting the process, not only like in my art, but in life is super important. Mm. Um, I have always been one not to make too many strict plans. I know that things can change. I especially learned that as a paramedic, right? Mm. Um, and just to really not take anything for granted and and try and appreciate every day as it comes and then know that there the changes will come and I I just try to roll with it the best I can so um 
that's what we did. And um, I knew I needed to have something of my own, like something really exciting to look forward to as I was approaching that moment of officially quitting my paramedic career and moving on. So yep. I, I took a year leave of absence when we moved up north um, away from the city, which uh, it also, that provided um, some major financial relief, by the way. So like all these changes were to set us up so that I could be at home with the kids um, and not worry as much about money because leaving that job was, was a big paycheck as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we moved North and we're actually mortgage free because of the move, because we moved really like from very close to the city to two hours North where most people wouldn't, wouldn't go that far. Right. <laughs> um, and it was, it was tough. Like it was, uh, even though I had grown up here, I didn't have too many strong friendships remaining like in the immediate area. So I really had to start over, um, build those new connections and, and it eventually happened, but yeah, for a few years, it was tough. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, when we moved up, I took the year leave of absence and then for about four months, I just was trying to, I was stressing over what to paint. I knew I was going to try and pursue painting. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know what I should paint because I wanted it to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I put a lot of pressure on that, but I just started painting all kinds of different things, different themes, um, and and then enough work to sort of build a cohesive um, series because I, in my research, I realized that was very important um, to make it as an artist or to get, you know, just to be successful, uh, like to sell work and, and be represented or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I just worked really hard to build a cohesive body of work. And then I launched my website as soon as I had officially quit the paramedic job. Mm -hmm. And the response was amazing. I, I sold two original pieces, I think, within the first two weeks, which was a nice boost yeah. of confidence. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind, like lots, lots of cool opportunities. But then I got into the the fun, like figuring out the balance of trying to run my own business and be the full-time mom and having a shift worker husband who's gone a week at a time kind of thing. So mm, yeah, so it was like a whole new area that you were like trying to work out the balance. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, thankfully it was busy and I wasn't bored and, and I think that keeps you happier, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Especially when you're in a new place and and away from your, you know, the friendships I had established in the city and stuff. Mm, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, just just an interesting, a lot of changes, but we we believed that that was the best thing to do for our family, and I feel like it all worked out. Mm. It really did, and uh, and I do feel like I am exactly where I should be because being back home has informed my art greatly mm. like when I was saying I didn't know what to paint um eventually I figured it out because I just started painting what I know best yeah and yeah, yeah that, that was the water that I had grown up on yep. um and 
it's just neat, like the response I've had from people. Um, they really love that series. Oh, and now, yeah. yeah, now I'm at a point where um, I've done, I don't know how many of them I've done. It's, it's around 25 of them. Yeah. And I'm ready to, I'm ready to mix it up a bit. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it's kind of cool to be successful in something like that. And then um, know that I sort of have that as my fallback, but, and then, it, I, but I'm always wanting to try new things. So yeah, that's right. that I'm at right now. Yeah. So is that where the watercolors start to come in a bit? Like you're just sort of testing out what else you can do? And... Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out, that, that does have a lot to do with um, just like incorporating my practice into my life and trying to be more efficient um, because I've never really been able to involve my kids in the studio too much. Um, I have two really active boys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I tried, I really did try to, um, to just be casual about it and set them up and, and, but yeah, my oldest was, could not sit still. He'd get into the, the worst things, you know, like climbing the walls. So, um, and I didn't want to say no, I didn't want to say no all the time. Right. So mm -hmm. we kind of avoided being in the studio too much, um, earlier on now I I'm learning what they prefer I have to set my my oldest seven-year-old he has to be set up with an easel and he takes my light and he sets it up and he's he's very short-lived though like he'll paint yeah. for about maybe 10 minutes and then that's it that's and then it. he's gone and he hasn't cleaned up and and then my <laughs> five-year-old is on the floor like still like rubbing the paint into the broken paper like he gets really into it yeah and then the other one's gone and it just gets so yeah um <laughs> fun life of having boys hey <laughs> yeah um the the watercolor like that medium it was sort of a magical thing I took a watercolor course um online during the pandemic from John Hartman who is a huge uh artist here in Canada mm -hmm. um and luckily he's local yeah I actually know his his nieces here I played volleyball with them growing up and so there's like a bit of a connection there he had never met me though mm -hmm. um, and I took this class online and I've taken many like several art classes uh, this one was just different and it something clicked mm -hmm. and he I think grew up similar to me um, has like a very special appreciation for the land and just just this unique corner of the world right and he's he's obviously very into nature and all of the animals and all of the patterns and um and he's been very very successful here so the the local gallery got him to teach this class I took it from him and it just seemed to make sense for me as well the way that he was taking his watercolor kit out to the islands I, he would go like by canoe or kayak or whatever yeah. um 
And uh, so I decided to prepare like a waterproof backpack, mm-hmm. prep all of the paper. And, um, and then I, I discovered these incredible, this incredible paint company where the paint's made on Manitoulin Island. Um, it's actually five hours north of us. Yeah. Right. But it just felt so right because they're very focused on um, producing plastic free. Um, like the pigments are almost a lot of them are sourced locally on Manitoulin Island and then they use tree sap, uh, oh. local honey, all of these things as like their binders and it's just completely natural paint. So I feel good about going out and like washing my brush in the lake. Yeah. Like water and then using the, the natural paints that she's made and it's just amazing. So that, that's such an incredible connection, isn't it? Like that's just amazing. Um beautiful. Yeah. I really do care about that as well. Like I am painting about my connection with the bay and then using things that are made here to create the work is yeah, yeah it just feels really right. So I was really excited about that. And um I'm getting better at being more consistent and uh, remembering that backpack. It was just always ready to go. Yeah. I'm not the most organized person. So it's taken a few years for me to get myself sorted like that and uh, know that I have to prep a few things to, to enable myself to create in those busy situations. And our children are old enough now that Um, it's not so crazy to have my husband watch them while I take half an hour to paint so yeah yeah pandemic really uh, pushed me to want to explore locally more as it I'm sure has for many people. Mm. Um, so I, I love traveling. My husband loves traveling. We really miss it. Um, and so this island hopping culture that exists here, I didn't do that growing up. My yeah. parents were always working and I was always boating and working at marinas and like very familiar on a boat, but not really exploring. There's a lot of public islands that you can use, that you can go and have a picnic for the day, and uh, mm-hmm. and they're really amazing and really rugged and picturesque and challenging. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't do it because there's you could hit rocks everywhere where you boat here, like yeah. they're just beneath the surface. So. Um, for some people it's a bit too risky or expensive to be hitting rocks with your boat (laughs) so yeah I have this level of comfort with the bay and boating um I used to to live and work on the water for many years so yeah it's just really yeah 
Yeah. That's incredible. That oh, just hearing your story, it just it I don't want to say it sounds perfect because nothing's perfect, but just the way things have come together for you just sounds just ideal, just so yeah, wonderful. I'm, like I'm, <laughs> so I'm very lucky. Um and I I knew that there was just something about this place when I traveled because when I when I first um traveled after university. I went on my own. I, I did a solo backpacking trip in Australia yeah. and that led to many other trips um, to different countries until I went back to college for paramedics. And then it kind of halted mm -hmm. the traveling and, and the art and everything. Um, but now, yeah, I'm coming back to it. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how much I missed it here until I returned with my kids. Um, and I felt like I could almost breathe easier just being surrounded by nature and the trees and I honestly didn't know how much I missed it though because mm. I'm pretty happy wherever I go yeah. um <laughs> truly appreciate the city I loved living downtown Toronto yeah. the excitement of being a paramedic downtown was amazing <laughs> you know I was happy I thought but I, I think I am much happier here so yeah. um but yeah, we also don't know, I guess we never really think in forever. My husband and I are adventurous and he's from the East coast of Canada. So we have, we go there often and that's pretty amazing out there too. <laughs> but when he talks about it, I, I don't know if I could move there. Right. It's, it's mostly just leaving Georgian Bay that would stress me out. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm really enjoying being here right now and it's, uh yeah it's inspired me so much and gotten me off on a pretty amazing foot with my art career so far I wanted to mention, I'll put a link for people to have a look, but the way that you paint the water, mm -hmm. it's just, it, it looks like a photo, like it looks so real. And I actually paint properly. I just mess around with painting. So mm -hmm. I'm really interested in painting because I can't do it. <laughs> so I love like zooming in, like, how do you do that? Like, it just looks real. Um just beautiful and yeah that series uh, that you mentioned before just all those pieces that just like you feel like you could literally dive into the paintings they're just so real so yeah I just love them <laughs> thank you very much yeah I, first of all I think that anybody can paint it's <laughs> it is a practice right you just you get better as you do it more yeah. um or not necessarily even better because I'm trying to get back to like a loose lit, a looseness actually that I had before I did these water pieces and they have progressively gotten more realistic, um, which wasn't really my intention. It's just, I, I seem to be getting pickier with it. Right. And I, I, I can't leave it alone. Like I just go further and further and further with them 
yeah. um, as I do more of those pieces. So um, yeah, I get very intense about them. So I, I honestly just think it's the amount of layers um, and I will just keep painting until I'm happy with it, right? Um, and uh, and I do paint from a photo for the water pieces um, because I wanted, it's just something I always wanted to try. I had tried painting several things and it's interesting because when I look back at my early paintings, like way before I knew I would pursue this as a career, um, the water element was there in a lot of a lot of my pieces. Not not in exactly the same style, but it was there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just something about it that feels like home to me and nostalgic. And I feel like the water here is very unique to other places in the world I've been. It's beautiful in all of these different places too, but there's something very special to me about it here. Mm. And I think um, just with the response I've had, it seems like people that are cottagers here really identify with it too. Mm. Yeah, they're really drawn to it. Yeah, there's something about when you walk down um, on the dock, because we have a floating dock, and um, which is different from a lot of places in the world. We don't have tides. So um, yeah, when you go down to the dock, you feel like you're so surrounded by water in a, in a really unique way to, it's different from walking on a beach or, yeah. um, I don't know, you know, all the different ways that you can be next to the water. There's something very unique about floating on the yeah. water like um, like you're, walking, you're connected to it straight away like you're already a part of it you can feel the movement yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah and I don't get that feeling all the time it's usually when I've been away for a while and then I go down yeah. and stand there and it's kind of overwhelming I remember coming back after being away for almost a year right yeah so yeah it's, it's pretty cool I'm very lucky yeah You've mentioned your children a little bit in passing. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about, about your boys. <laughs> yeah, they're, I love them. Um, so my oldest is Charlie. He's seven. Um, and then my younger boy is five, and his name's Van. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a Newfoundland puppy as well. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. <laughs> he, we had we had another one before him and unfortunately lost him through the pandemic. So this is a COVID puppy. <laughs> we jumped right into it again. Um, and yeah, very, very active household. Um, it always has been. Uh, but it suits it suits myself and my husband. We're, we are not good at sitting at home. Uh, we're extremely adventurous. So uh, and now we're taking our kids along with us. Mm-hmm. on those adventures they are learning to drive the boat they are um they're in forest school as well once a yeah. week which i love um so they're just they're super resilient kids like they go out in that minus 20 
degree weather the entire day at school oh, and then I'll pick them up and I'm, I was so you know I'm always a little worried about their hands and feet yeah. and then they'll tell me that they were too hot so because uh. I, I put a sweater on them <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. It's a very uh particular layering system and you you know the types of clothes you have to put on the kids to yeah. do that sort of thing but yeah, I just <laughs> love it um and yeah we're outdoors hours and hours a day like we don't stay indoors very much and and that was um I always wanted to raise them like that but then the pandemic um pushed me to turn to nature even more mm. right? way to deal with the anxieties and stuff that would come up with all of this uh my oldest son got very anxious with like the first sort of flip-flopping lockdown back to school that kind of stuff it was really hard on him but at the time he was five years old so yeah I find five is a really interesting age to be dealing with complicated things like that so um yeah it's like you the brain's not quite developed enough to make sense of it but they can understand quite a lot so it's really hard for them to you know comprehend things and deal with them yeah yeah so he definitely has some OCD um which you know we we haven't taken him to get um diagnosed because we were a little bit worried about that at that age too like what the effect of actually going and getting a diagnosis um just we just wanted to see if we could deal with it on our own first and it did Mm. get a bit scary for sure um, but he's doing amazing now and we've figured out some coping strategies. We're lucky with the internet, right? You can do so mm. much research on your own. Yeah. Uh, we were open to, if we felt like we couldn't handle it, I had the name and number of someone to call, but yeah. uh, got through it and you just never know when it's, when things like that are going to creep up on you with the kids. Oh, it's been yeah. a challenging, challenging time. Yeah, that's for sure. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. Earlier you mentioned that being a paramedic was good at sort of allowing you just to go with the flow and things are unexpected, things change. Do you think that sort of helped you being a parent in the way that things are always changing, unexpected things? and For like, sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think that was sort of in my personality anyway. Mm-hmm. and and why I enjoyed being a paramedic so much um and uh but yeah like the, that experience I knew that I would never regret becoming a paramedic even if it was not the be all end all 
of, of what I was going to do, mm-hmm. you know, having those skills, I would never regret it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, my style, honestly, was to not worry about the, the call details because you get, when you get a call, you get a bunch of details. And most of the time, it's completely different when you yeah, right. when you arrive. Yeah, right? um, somebody on the phone. Yeah, people in emergencies can't describe <laughs> can't describe what's going on accurately most of the time. Yeah. So, um, so you like the, discard that basically when you get there, you make your own assessments and work from that sort of thing. Yeah, I just tried to always have a really open mind. Mm-hmm. Honestly, though, my husband is an incredible paramedic, and he has a completely different approach. He yeah. actually goes through all of the possibilities and all of the protocol protocols for all of those possibilities. So he's the one practicing it all in his mind before he walks in. So he knows the dosage and everything, yeah. medications. Whereas I, I was different in that. Um, yeah, I would more roll with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And because it's, it's dangerous to get tunnel visioned, especially in that job, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I think that has reflected in my life as a parent, for sure. Um, You learn pretty quickly that as soon as you get the routine going, it changes. And and your your children usually turn out very, very, to be very different personalities. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Something really neat about my oldest son the one that had all of that anxiety yeah. he is I think it's because he's such an empath we've learned he picks up on everything right no matter how much we were um trying to keep our cool at the beginning of all of it um everybody was holding their breath and watching the news too much and yeah, yeah it was it was terrifying so and I honestly just snapped back into paramedic mode I was not thinking about art at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was almost feeling guilty that I got out of that profession at, like before this happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, because the, it's just so huge. It's like something that you prepare for and you hope never happens. But mm. yeah, it was happening. Um, and my son, yeah, he just picks up on everything, even when you don't know that it's happening. Like, that you're stressed out or you're depressed or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, things kind of fall apart when I get, when mom gets super stressed or overwhelmed and then I start seeing issues in my kids with their anxiety. Um, so he keeps me in check. <laughs> yeah. I have to take care of myself and keep a balance and not forget to get back to exercising when I can and all of those things Mm. um or yeah I find we have issues so Mm, that's it if mom's not happy no one's happy (laughs) yeah it's challenging but I really appreciate that about him so Mm. but uh, I'm super lucky right I'm I'm at home with him I I don't have to leave the house to go to work um we made some tough decisions to to put me in this position but um Mm -hmm. so I know I'm very very lucky some people aren't as fortunate, right? And and life is tough. It, it's sometimes impossible to get out of debt for a lot of people now. So mm, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. So I really I just appreciate. Yeah. 
I'm able to do and be at home with them and be super in tune with my kids. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to ask just on that when you're talking about the pandemic did you ever consider thinking I need to go back and help like did you ever think oh I'm I'm a paramedic I can I can help with this yeah um I'm I think it crossed my mind but so yeah I was feeling guilty but I um no I didn't have the urge to walk away from the art that I had yep into and um protecting my family I sure applied it in all of my conversations with friends, you know, like talking through it with people, um, some like new connections that I made, helping friends with anxiety, stuff like that. Mm. Um, and just like explaining things in like a medical way was really helpful. Like we, we obviously could grasp what was going on yeah. in a different way from a lot of other people, which yeah. was scary actually. It's like you, you knew you knew exactly what was happening and that was a little bit too much. Yeah, I was honestly sitting there um, thinking, why aren't we doing what New Zealand is doing? Like, why are we not locking everything down right away? Like, what is taking so long? And there were reper repercussions because mm -hmm. of that. But, but nobody really knows, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, that's the thing. They're all making decisions. Uh, on the fly basically there's no book yeah. about how to deal with this it's never really happened yeah before Everybody just did their best yeah um, yeah yeah but on that new zealand's done amazing they're still not letting australians back in like that's how good they're going they're they're awesome <laughs> yeah i know it's everybody has a different way and yeah it, it's hard to say what's best but yeah, that's the thing. And every country's like, obviously, ge geographically different challenges, whatever. But yeah, I do have a lot of respect for New Zealand and their wonderful Prime Minister. She's pretty cool. Wow.
changing tack slightly in terms of there's a topic that I love to talk about to mums um, about mum guilt and I'm not sure if that's a term that I mean I find Australians know what I'm talking about is that something that you're familiar with over there in Canada the mum guilt yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely believe that it exists for sure um, yeah and as I've explained the the way the changes we've made in our life and the fact that I can work from home and um, pivot whenever needed to put my children first, um, that sort of like mitigates that a lot, right? Um, I think I've experienced mom guilt um, in small doses and then almost used it to help guide my decisions with my life um, because I wanna avoid feeling like that, of course. Um, and I'm lucky that I was able to find a way to avoid it a lot, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time I think I felt it was honestly when I was pregnant. Yeah. Uh, I was nesting and working on the house and I fell off of a ladder when I was seven months pregnant, I think. Yeah. Right. I just remember sitting in the bathtub after feeling like horrible. Um, I had a very hard time adjusting while being pregnant to not being able to do certain things um, mm -hmm. just because I'm a really independent pride myself on being a very strong woman that way you know yeah I never ask for help to a fault yeah. so <laughs> yeah so that was the first time I felt really horrible like that was a dumb decision to be doing that in the first place um, and then and then I'm trying to think oh so I had my first child and then we did have a plan. Like I didn't think I was going to continue doing the shift work. We sort of knew there was going to be an end eventually, but I did go back to work um, when my son was one year old, mm -hmm. uh, but I went back pregnant because they're only, they're 19 months apart. Yeah. So uh, I went back. I wasn't going back to the road. I luckily got to go back to modified duties. Mm -hmm. um, so much safer, <laughs> safer yeah. environment. Yes. A little more mundane and, and not the type of stuff I like to do. But yeah. yeah, so it was like an eight hour day instead of the 12 to 15 hour days that I would normally work. Um, and that was really tough uh finding a nanny that I felt comfortable with and then leaving my child with the nanny even though I had to put a lot of effort in had I, I think I fired two before we settled on the one that we kept yeah um, and yeah it was really tough to leave him with her um but uh eventually we got used to it and I knew there was an end in sight and then I went off the road again you know when I was can't remember how many weeks um but I just didn't want to go back to that I didn't like that feeling um I personally didn't see the point of having kids if I couldn't be with them all the time right so uh, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so fortunate that we could make it work that way right it's it's not that way for everybody so mm. sometimes the, there those opportunities don't exist um and my husband I was able to really lean on him um for a couple years to support us while I was not making any money as yeah. an artist. 
So I've just started um, making more financial goals and wanting to relieve him a little bit. Um, But we made it a good couple of years without um, too much pressure on it. It's pretty hard to create meaningful art if you're worried about the money. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You just you'd be really constrained and like, I've got to, I've got to do this so I can sell it. And I've got to, you know, you'd have all this pressure on yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I would do that. Um, mm. Yeah. It's, it would be such a distraction, right? Mm, that's it. Yeah. It, it's almost like it wouldn't feel like a creative space. It'd just feel like a job. Like you had, you just have to yeah, produce stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, not good. The other thing I love to chat to mums about is identity, like how you how you see yourself shifts and that as you become a mother. And from what you just mentioned, it's like yours started when you were pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you the challenge of having to yeah <laughs> adjust how you were doing things. So then, when yeah. you actually had your children, did that change? Did the shift keep? Was the shift already made, sort of thing? Like, were you able then to adjust into motherhood? Because you'd already sort of started to change. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think the shift. So I um, physically, like I was always very um, athletic and doing kind of adventurous things like that. You know, like when I traveled, I mm-hmm. I did the skydiving and the bungee and the the only thing I I was too nervous to do was. Um, hang gliding in Brazil oh. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to run off a cliff like that yeah but, uh, so yeah I've always been a bit of an adrenaline junkie and I've had a lot of injuries all right and my last major injury was while I was in paramedic college and that scared me because it threatened my career so yeah, I right. I've I've shifted big time just being more careful with my body um, and then, yes, as, as I was pregnant, that was really difficult, um, adjusting, just asking for help for, with anything, um, lifting wise was, I, I left the hardware store falling once because I lifted, um, a, how many gallons is that? I think it's like 18 liters. Yeah. Yep. Like the big thing of primer. I lifted into into the cart and then felt obviously some major pain and and then I had to ask somebody to put that into my vehicle at the end Mm -hmm. and and they were like how did you get it in the cart (laughs) so just stuff like that was so hard on me Mm. um but yeah I'm so obviously I adjusted and it's okay and I I realized I need to be careful um Mm. and just not taking as many risks right like you have kids to protect and, <laughs> um yeah I find her a lot 
lot more careful like that. Um, I'm always wanting to do the adventure stuff and my husband, um, it makes him a little more nervous with kids around water and things like that. So we're good balance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. um, But I feel like I really uh, worked on like figuring out who I was before kids. I was really lucky to do the traveling and yeah and um several jobs right I I really played around and tried to figure it out Mm -hmm. and I thought I had figured it out with the paramedic thing and um and then yeah leaving that behind was a huge felt like a sacrifice like Mm -hmm. being a mother felt like I was giving up something that I had worked so hard for and I didn't really see that coming I did but I didn't you know I it it didn't see actually happen yeah um so I was a little upset for sure um but yeah no like uh I think when things get tough like that I I think just thinking about what will be best for your kids always helps um make the decision a little easier like what direction to go that's the way that we approach it and I have never regretted making a decision based on that Mm. Yeah, that, that's really well said. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You always have to think about yourself too, but I'm personally happier when I put my kids first. So, mm. um, and, and I'm getting better at balancing those things, but when they're really, really young, yeah, I was <laughs> all over it all. I was pretty crazy with all the homemade food and mm-hmm. uh, schedule and, um, trying to mix it up enough that when we do mess with their schedule they're not devastated and you know trying to just do everything as responsibly as possible Mm, and give them a sort of taste of life I suppose that things don't always go to plan and you know you can be adaptable and I mean you can't you can't you're allowed to get annoyed if things don't work out but it's not like the end of the world like you can you can make things work and they I think have, that's really important. The kids sorry. Have proven, sorry, I think kids in general have just proven how much they can handle and how resilient they are through this pandemic, right? It's just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I totally agree with that, yeah. Depends on what country you're in, I think, but we have done the online schooling, I think, four times. It has gotten easier, but which is amazing that the last time it was we kind of knew the routine and I wasn't as upset right like I was really hard on myself with the online school um the first or yeah the first time it was very stressful and I felt very down on myself that's I guess that could um be slotted in as mom guilt right like not I eventually learned that I had to um decide when we just had to call it quits for the day and and to not allow myself to feel guilty that it wasn't working on the computer and we're just going outside and blowing it off because it was easier because they're in kindergarten at the time. Yeah. So junior and senior kindergarten. So like, I don't, I didn't believe they should be on the computer anyway, but I also didn't want them to fall too far behind. So yeah. Yeah. We just did our best. Yeah. yeah, and then I made yeah. more reasonable commitments 
um, in my mind, I was like, if we do it three days a week out of the five, then I'm happy. Or if it's a bad day, just, just stop. Right. So, mm. yeah. yeah. That was, oh, <laughs> I'm hoping it's over. <laughs> oh gosh. I know. In terms of your art making, and I know your children age-wise, this might not apply, but is it important for you, for them to see what you're doing and how you're contributing? Um, absolutely, it's important to me um, that they see what I'm doing and my process. Um, actually, <laughs> just recently, I've had a lot of really awesome opportunities land in my lap and um and I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to do it all because <laughs> I think they're going to stay in school and I think we can plan for this right um so I've actually just turned my dining room wall into my new studio yes. so that I cannot get away from the project that I'm working on um because when I'm walking by it constantly um I'm just subconsciously like working on it in my head, right? Mm, yeah. And I think it's really cool and exciting for them to to go to school and come home and then see what has changed. Um, yeah, mm. and and it does inspire them. And I am seeing them uh, try to copy things that I paint. Um, yeah. It took a it took a while. Like you have to know that you have to be patient with some kids. Like they're not gonna just show interest and and Charlie my oldest showed so much resistance at first so I just didn't push it mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden in the last year he is a big drawer like an amazing drawer and um like his composition is on point it's crazy yeah um and he would draw his emotions through oh, the pandemic he would come home with these drawings and with very like all different emotions on all of the people's faces and it, it was a little bit sad of course yeah yeah of his anxiety but um yeah so his drawing skills have are just amazing um and then he has recently been trying to like copy certain pieces that he sees of mine yeah. and then um they're both really giving their opinions <laughs> on on art like uh yeah. Yeah, on like which paintings they like. And my little one, Van, will always, he's really into the water paintings and he'll, yeah, he just offers his opinion on his favorites. And, oh. and I have um, two really great friends I met online in the last year as well. And we're always sharing our work and critiquing each other and pushing each other along. Yeah. And uh, sometimes like they'll see the little video clip and, and, you know chime in on what they think of their work as well it's really cute <laughs> oh that's lovely I love uh, that yeah. I, I love involving them in my process yeah so even mm. though we are just starting to do some um collaborative like paint 
paint days and stuff and trying to do like Saturday mornings. Uh, there's a little online class that I'm trying to get all of us set up and I set them up exactly with all the things that I have. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Um, but mostly I think that they are part of my process. Um, not in the physical art making, but like the inspiration side. Um, Cause reliving my childhood with my kids um, has been amazing and definitely coming home and the nostalgia of like this place was sort of the initial inspiration and it's mm -hmm. and yeah now experiencing it alongside my kids and having all these adventures is really special so I'm trying to capture that in some of my future paintings um yeah yeah I really like to to give them that freedom in nature like as long as they're safe um mm. to explore and like I find they're just so confident because of it yeah. so yeah it's really cool to see yeah absolutely I love the way you described that you're really reliving your childhood through your children that's just so, yeah. so special thanks yeah I'm like it reminds me when you say it reminds me of my Omi when I when I describe that because I actually think I'm trying to provide them with sort of the same experience that that she provided with me. Mm. Um, I purposely avoid driving anywhere. I make them walk incredible distances. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're like always picking flowers and and just really getting into things like that. And that's that's what she did with me and. I remember sometimes finding it annoying, you know, when I was an older child yeah. and embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Stopping at the side of the road to pick flowers and stuff. And she's taking like photos of my brother, sister, and I. And yeah. um, and now we appreciate it so much. And and all of those flowers and stuff remind me of her. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm just hoping that they remember that when they're an adult as well, right? I, yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's just beautiful. I've got all tingly now. This <laughs> lovely. Oh dear. So uh, similarly, like I had my my nana was really well, was very, very close to her. And she wasn't musical, but she was the the one that bought us, my sister and I, our first um like organ, like the double keyboard organ. First one to sort of encourage us to play. And um she passed away when I was 10. So and she's never met obviously never met my children but she inspires so much of my music and decisions that I make and you know it's just incredible that someone who's not here has just informed our lives Absolutely. so much it's just it's Absolutely. lovely yeah. and yeah it's the people that are really present with you right mm. not just going through the motions they're um they put in sort of the hard work and 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 the tough love yeah yeah. yeah 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 that's really interesting you say that um I I interviewed a, a lady from she's Hungarian but she now she lives in Austria and it's this is really funny I have these runs of people that I talk about the same things with like it goes through phases and so the last lady I spoke to and you have talked about the same thing about a significant grandmother who had such an impact on them and the same thing that that tough love like this this grandma would be like you're not playing that right like she's a flute player play it again 
not like that. Play it again, play it again. And at the time she's like, oh, come on. Like this is, you know, it felt like she was, she was punishing her, but she's like, now I understand why she was doing it and it's made me who I am and all this sort of stuff. And, yeah, she passed away early as well. It's like all these people, they just, I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. You talked about your watercolour that you, you're sort of adventuring into and mm-hmm. including your children in your, in your work. What sort of other thoughts have you got about the future for your art practice? Where's it sort of heading? Yeah, um, I have a lot of really exciting projects that I can't even really, they're not, you know, developed enough that I can talk about them yet. Yes. You're sort of, man, it's only February and <laughs> the year is planned. Uh, <laughs> full for commissions and it's just amazing um but there is one really big exciting thing that I'm starting um that I I haven't talked about yet but I I do feel ready um and it is about everything in my life it's just all making sense and coming together and I I guess I've always been waiting for the right idea like business I always consider a bit different business ideas Mm -hmm. um And so, yeah, the last two years, we did a lot of the adventure boating, checking out all these islands that I didn't even know existed. It's just crazy that it was like a 20 minute boat ride away and I had never discovered that. Um, And uh, we ended up purchasing a new boat uh, in November that would be suitable for this idea that I have. I'm going to start um, what's going to be called Come Paint With Me excursions. And I'm going to invite small groups of artists to go out with me on the boat. And I'm going to take them to paint plein air, meaning outdoor painting. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just because a lot of people that live in this area actually don't have access to the water and the islands. And it's right there, but they've either never been on a boat or never really been on a tour in the area because um, there aren't a lot of, there's just no businesses that um, enable that. Like there was one cruise boat from Midland that takes you on a couple hour cruise or whatever, but yeah. yeah, So this is going to be more of a, like a private tour and we're going to select a destination based on the weather. Just like I always do. We, we really have to pay attention to weather yeah, because uh, it can. If there's any chance of a, a major storm, I, I don't want to risk it. Yeah. With people, even though I I enjoy do it storms. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, so uh, I have to upgrade my certification to be able to take this boat's going to be able to take 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, I'll be limited to a group of six people, which will be really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to get the business end of all of that organized so that I can start advertising and start booking some dates. Yeah. Trying to involve that in my my summer schedule with my you know my husband's schedule the kids being home all of that stuff but Mm. um I what I wanted is just to be on the water more as much as possible because for Mm. many years I worked for my dad I'm doing marine contracting so like a lot of barging and doing the building of those cottages uh on these rock islands Mm -hmm. and I just loved working on the water you know, boating to work. And then it was very physical um, work, but it was amazing to be outside all day on the water. Mm. Um, And then when you're on the water every day like that, like you experience the different weather and kind of like magical things in nature, the wildlife that you see sometimes, it's just amazing. Mm. And you don't, you don't get as many opportunities like that if you're not consistently out there. So Mm. I feel like it's going to really support my own art practice. Yeah. I'm going to get to do my little daily painting, even if I'm trying to instruct others and not really doing my own work. I'm just out there and I'm yeah. inspired. I, it's like my favorite place to be. So I'm trying to position myself there, um, you know, yeah. while supporting myself financially, it'll support, it'll inspire my work, I'm sure. Mm. And um we need a little more like community with the all there's a lot of artists in the area um but it's a small town yep um you know and so these kinds of things are needed and mm-hmm. I did one test run with a group of friends yeah and it just it was amazing and like just listening to everyone the ideas that were flowing and the, mm-hmm. the chatter it was a group of women and they were just loving it right yeah. um it was very cool. And I've actually seen sort of the inspiration from that day in a, in most of them. Like a lot of them started these new projects and stuff. And I think I think a day like that can just give somebody an extra nudge oh, to yeah. something new. So yeah, yeah I just uh and, and then my my paramedic background makes me feel confident to like take care of people. Yeah. Um, in you know, a wild terrain, there's going, I actually did a photo shoot on one of the islands I'm going to use. Mm -hmm. And we pulled up with the photographer and there was a bear on the island eating on berries. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) The time is right. We need to do this photo shoot. And there was a bear there. And we just sort of paused for a couple minutes. And I, I checked with sorry there's major stomping upstairs <laughs> uh yeah I just checked in with my friend and the photographer like are you guys still into this because I definitely was <laughs> <laughs> and the bear anyway. took off to the other end of the island it was a very small island oh. and they were they were game and we went on the island we we obviously didn't go to the other end where the bear went but we still did it um <laughs> because I don't know. I know there's no for sure, but there, you could just tell we weren't bothering the bear. The bear didn't want anything to do with us. Yeah. 
um, it just eaten some berries. He was full. We didn't need to eat some people. <laughs> kind of crazy so wow. I would never uh you know if I see a bear <laughs> with a group I'm not gonna go on the island but um <laughs> personally I take some more risks I think than other people would be willing to take oh goodness but uh just when I have those kind of experiences I feel um I feel like it's like a good omen or it's like good luck it's like a sign from the universe, right? So. Oh yeah. Um, and it That's really cool. made it memorable. <laughs> yeah. You could have yeah. like tried to position the bear in the background. So. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple shots of it. I'll I'll definitely post them at some point. Oh, that's so cool! I love that. It was neat. Oh. So. I do. Yeah, I love that. Very excited to start that. Uh, yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of organization, obviously, but. Yeah, like a you know paperwork kind of. You yeah know, website booking yeah. system all of those things but I'm just going to try and take it easy for the first year and uh, and just see the interest and stuff I, I feel very confident about it because there aren't many things available like this here but yeah um, and then and then I've offered uh, to be like a volunteer steward to to keep an eye on some of these islands for conservation purposes and oh cool they get a lot of people to just do that people that are cottagers to keep an eye on a particular island and yeah make sure people aren't leaving garbage behind and things like that and and yeah. it can sort of extend into a major educational opportunity and yeah just to educate people how to enjoy it but like in a zero footprint way and yeah be respectful of the yeah because yeah that's the thing you said there's like three thousand islands like there'd be so many where no one would be able to actually like people can't be everywhere so that's yeah. a really great thing to do yeah yeah so I just feel like tourism is going to become um, more of a thing up here um, yeah. we're seeing some major booming with housing and, and stuff like that right as there is everywhere um, but I, I yeah I feel good about doing it in a responsible way and yeah. I have a ton of experience here and and I just I want people to respect it the same way that we do we're out there yeah. all the time but yeah um I would probably you know report to whoever is um whoever owns the island or is responsible for the wildlife conservation like if we ever mm -hmm. noticed an issue or something like that so um, yeah. yeah that's wonderful and it's like you're 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 passing on like you you've got such a connection such a love for the area and you're sort of ensuring that it's cared for and looked after for for the next generations you know yeah it's, it's super important right um because I have been in those places in the world that are the water is just almost unswimmable it's so polluted mm. and uh the microplastics in our lakes are actually a at a very high level um if you're paying attention to that kind of stuff yeah it's it's already really bad so um hopefully mm -hmm. we can find a way to reverse some of that stuff
When you're talking about the wildlife before, what sort of other animals do you get up there? Yeah, so it's um, super unique here because of all of the rocks, like the landscape and all of the islands. Um, so there are, I think there's a lot of, I don't know enough about birds, but yeah. there are a lot of um, unique birds. There's a lot of marshland as well. Mm-hmm. And then we have very unique reptiles and a Massasauga, a Massasauga rattler um, snake right. that is poisonous. Ooh. So like I grew up watching where you're walking for snakes, just like in Australia. Oh yeah, I'm all over that one. <laughs> yeah. So that's just normal to us. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard for someone to get used to if that if they haven't grown up that way. Um, but that's just part of it and you learn about them and and they're not they're not out like looking for you they're very frightened of humans of course yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. but it's just something to be really careful of and and um I think if you're educated on like how to coexist um with wildlife then that's that's the best way to be the the rattlesnakes something super interesting is they actually protect the blueberry bushes oh yeah, from being overpicked and stuff. Like a lot of people yeah. won't go to the areas where there are all the wild blueberries because there are so many rattlesnakes there. Um, and I think originally it was to protect the berries from um, being overeaten by animals. But yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but there are so many other types of snakes as well. Just that—that that is our only poisonous snake. Yep. Um, lots of birds of prey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you don't want to mess with uh an angry owl or something right (laughs) Uh, and we have pretty bad mosquitoes and and bugs like that but uh but yeah it's it's pretty beautiful I love very into nature I that's what I focused on when I was a kid yeah sounds wonderful have a lot of fun with the kids with that stuff we raised butterflies last summer yeah right yeah just stuff like that so gosh you're making me jealous I want to go there (laughs) you'll have to come visit (laughs) I I honestly have been inviting people to come visit my whole life right yeah um and I have hosted a couple friends like I drove to Toronto and and brought them up for the day and took them on a boat ride just to show them yeah um and I just yeah, I love that I'm actually going to start a business mm-hmm. like this and can yeah. invite, especially I've made a lot of artist friends. Um, I'm a part of a few communities online now. Yeah. It took me a while. I was too shy to like officially join any of them for many years. And then I, I felt ready and mm-hmm. it's been amazing. Yeah, the, the connections I've made and, and I know some of them will come visit eventually so, <laughs> and we'll go out and paint together. Oh, that's awesome. Jeez, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. I was going to ask you, whereabouts did you like do a big, big lap of Australia? Like, where did you go to when you were over here? I started in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't go to where you live. Um, 
Yes. But I, yeah, Melbourne, I went all the way up the coast, the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really lucky when I started. I stayed for two weeks with a friend. Um, so we have friends here. She's Australian. He's Canadian. They ended up living here. Yeah. And they are the ones that pushed me when I was considering it. Mm-hmm. I think I was thinking maybe three weeks. And then, <laughs> you know, like you, you need to go at least for three months. Yeah. Um, which turned into, I think I, I booked an open-ended ticket, right? Mm-hmm. And it lasted eight months. Yeah. Right. So all the way up the East Coast. I did Fraser Island, mm-hmm. um, you know, through Whit Sundays. Uh, I went all the way up to Cape Tribulation. Yeah, right. I, I never did the, um, like, the interior. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to do that trip. But um, I flew over to Darwin just there was just a layover I didn't actually spend much time there although I I really wish I could have Um, and then I even did some of the west coast I stayed in Perth for a little while and then I did um, more of a an organized tour of the uh, west coast Mm -hmm. the southwest coast Um, and in between there I also went to New Zealand and Southeast Asia and I did tomato planting. Uh, do you know where Bowen is? Bowen. Which, what yeah. state's that in? Um, it is, I'm trying to think if it's north of New South. I think it's near What's north of, oh boy. I'm it's, near, it's near Airlie Beach. Oh yeah. Yeah. Queensland. Yeah. It's where the film Australia was filmed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here. And they here. were looking for extras. Ah, yeah. Um, and I, it was, oh boy, it was, uh, I guess a bit of a risky situation. Like somebody asked me if I had ever, oh no, the guy that picked me up for the farm asked me if I had ever seen Wolf Creek. Oh God, literally, that's a great, that's a great start. He ended up being Canadian, which was great. Um, and they had bought this hostel um two hours um inland i'm trying to think if bowen was i think bowen's coastal right and then yeah so we yeah, drove yeah, like, it is. it's right on the coast yeah yeah so two hours um into the outback uh-huh. from bowen and i worked on a tomato farm for five weeks and yeah. uh, it was called the bogey river bush house and such an amazing group of people that I met there we spent yeah, so right. much time together of course most people were very broke um <laughs> we spent every night um at the bonfire on the like dry riverbed um it was amazing and I'm sure I will connect with some of those people eventually they're all yeah. over the world but um yeah it was a really cool experience and we were all dreaming of going to Thailand because it was cheaper and yeah it's <laughs> like it blew up into this massive trip but yeah that was one of the coolest experiences and I got to see um like a true aboriginal ceremony as well like I didn't pay for it we had a uh, barbecue and oh man it was really amazing oh that's so cool you've seen more of Australia than what I have (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't traveled enough of Canada to be honest so yeah (laughs) It's, it's funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was 
the best place to start like traveling alone it was it was awesome yeah did you sort of feel comfortable because we all spoke you know English is our language and we're in a we're a commonwealth country so you know yeah sort of feels really familiar pretty easy that way um you know not overly dangerous yeah and you're (laughs) Um, used to snakes so that's okay (laughs) yeah and and I yeah exactly you have to watch for the spiders on the farms especially um yeah yeah, so that stuff didn't freak me out maybe because of where I'm from yeah but um oh it was just so beautiful and I met the best people um and I was very lucky to have I don't I don't know if I finished explaining that I, I stayed with the friend for two weeks initially um just outside of Melbourne and then I just remember being ready to go on my own and into yeah. the city and stayed in a hostel for the first time and um and I I very quickly met uh, a friend from Ottawa um a Canadian and he ended up being my travel partner through Thailand and stuff too so yeah. yeah, I just made incredible friends. I was really lucky. I had a great time. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's always timing, right? Oh, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. incredible how things work out. Oh, good on you. That's yeah. so cool. Thanks again. It's been great. Yeah, I had so much fun. And thanks for, I'm just glad you found me. Oh. <laughs> really neat. <laughs> Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.